The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I've always been like a sharer and whether it be like at work or with friends or something like that of sharing like my story, what happened to me, because I went through years of being ashamed of it. And then it was like late 20s, everything from my childhood, my upbringing, my socioeconomic status, my race. And then all of a sudden my late 20s, something hit or clicked. And I was like, I realized that people would like me for it. And I liked myself and I wasn't ashamed of it. And it was like this huge mental shift for me. So I went into this thinking like, I've been doing this for like 10 years, I think, just being proud and being unashamed and sharing. So I knew it would like work. They're either going to love me or hate me like real life. Sounds cliche, but you have you have to be yourself. My God, are you going to love this episode with Bryn Whitfield or what? She is one of the hottest new housewives of Real Housewives of New York City. And I reached out to her personally because she is such a firecracker and I knew I had to have her on the show. I actually didn't really want to pick her brain about the gossip. I was more interested in how she thinks about dating. (laughs) So we really get into it from how to create boundaries to make a man or a woman fall in love with you how to embrace singleness, and why you should never settle for romantic partners. I felt like she was like very much on the same wavelength of how I feel when it comes to love, dating, men, all the things. We were driving. I think you're going to love this episode because it feels very comfortable. It's like Bryn Michael and I are having cocktails. We talk about how to know if a man is into you. We talk about non-negotiables for love how to get and keep a man. We talk about how to take it slow in dating and how to approach dating as an adult. (laughs) This episode is as real as they come. On that note, let's welcome the outspoken, the glamorous, and the sexy Bryn Whitfield to the Him and Her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, Him and Her. I know I want to have kids for sure. I want to have children. But do I want to get married? Like, or is that just the thing that I always thought growing up in conservative in Indiana, like I must do and it's important. But sometimes I think I'd be okay, like being more like Oprah or Jen Aniston of just being like. If I wasn't with Michael, I 100% would be single. Yeah. Yeah. I've just set the bar so high. uh, No, it's like a comfortable shoe. Yeah. (laughs) You look like Christian. I know. Did people say this? I just saw it. You know, though, he played Dick Cheney. So it depends which version. Okay, perfect. Oh, he wants to get that on air. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, it depends which version. You know, he played the machinist. That one's not so great. Yeah. You look like him when he's super hot in American Psycho and his yeah. white crisp And he's shirt. like holding, I'll when he's it. holding like a cat by the ATM. Yeah. 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 To blow the what, yeah. yeah. How have you yeah. not ever been that for Halloween? I feel it's like a, maybe like kind of like a little bit too on the nose, a little bit arrogant to to play that. Why? Like to, to, to dress up like yeah. that. So you because, think you look like Christian Bale? No, because I just feel like, I don't know. Don't you think that's a little strange? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like, yeah, a little weird. Okay. Bryn, so yes. excited to have you here. You are the standout star of Real Housewives of New York. Is it like the new and improved version? How, what's the right word to call it? The, for the reboot? I'm kind of sick of calling it the reboot. I think it just is. I think it's just now Roni. I think we had a, 
always say we were the reboot, but now I'm confident saying just Roni. And I was on a show last week where someone, it was a sports show, oddly enough, and I don't know anything about sports. I was like, I've dated a lot of athletes. I actually know nothing about sports. <laughs> but someone said we're like the Bills. Is that like, because like they were down for a while and now we're kind of like the Buffalo Bills sporting reference. We know uh, Christian I Bateman. I, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> CB. I, 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 I don't follow sports as much as I should anymore. Yeah. I got, you know, I just yeah. Kinda... So you're like the Bills. We're like the Buffalo Bills, I guess. I think it kind of feels like an underdog story too because I think there was so much, like I'm proud of what we've achieved, but it was, we were up against a lot. It wasn't just a, a new show. It was like we had to make sure we didn't bomb, right? In general, and any show can bomb. Mm-hmm. Then we had the, the level, the standards that were set and the old fans that like were holding us to a certain, you know, like that we need to do justice to the show. And then just on our own, we need to do something fresh. So I feel like we were up against a lot. I think now having now that it's over finale aired, et cetera, it's like such a relief because I, I don't think I realized how stressed out about about it. I was when you're casting for this. Did you just walk in and get it? Because you're very like I could see there's an essence about you. I can see why they cast Aww. you right away. Was it one of those things that you knew like you got it? So I'm a little bit one of those manifestors. And I remember thinking if I do this, I'm going to get it. So did you set out to go and do no, it or did they reach out? I they they had reached out to me. And then when I started doing it, I remember thinking, there's something, have you ever felt that? It feels like magically you're like, oh, God, this is going to work out. Does that, you know that? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's how Joe we, Dispenza, baby. I kind of, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yes, I love him. I really, yes. I love him. You can yeah. hack your whole body. I mean. Yes. So yeah, I kind of knew. I was like, if I keep doing this, if I interview, I know they're going to, I didn't know if I would do it. I was like, I know they're going to offer it to me. I've gone that way with jobs as well. I'm like, I got this. I got this. I didn't have any insecurities. So, and also while I was doing it, I was so detached. I just kept thinking this is going to be a very funny story to tell people like, oh my God, you know, I went through the casting for that. It was like, it's another funny story that I can say I did. And then when they gave it to me, I was, I was shocked. And then I just thought like, who okay, cares? like, fuck it, just do it. You know, are you, when you get something like this, and to me, this is one of the most popular franchises. Are you freaking out as you go back on your life or are you like, I don't fucking care. Like lay it all on the table. Yeah. I mean, you mean as far as like sharing? Yeah. For sharing? No. For sharing, I'm just like lay it out on the table. I've always been like a sharer and whether it be like at work or with friends or something like that of sharing like my story, what happened to me because I went through years of being ashamed of it. And then it was like late 20s that I finally, everything from my childhood, my upbringing, my socioeconomic status, my race, and then all of a sudden in my late 20s, something hit or clicked. And I was like, I I realized that I, it's what made me, that people would like me for it. And I liked myself and I wasn't ashamed of it. And it was like this huge mental shift for me. So I went into this thinking like, I've been doing this for t- like 10 years, I think, just being proud and being un- unashamed and sharing. So I knew it would like work. And also I watch reality TV. I can tell when people are trying to be fake, like on The Bachelorette or something. Sure. We viewers are smart. We're not, they're not just like dummies watching and, you know, entertain us. Like they can see right through it. So I was like, I don't have a choice. They're either going to love me or hate me like real life. But you do like, sounds cliche, but you have, you have to be yourself. Like there's no hiding. Did, was the response from you opening up on the show out of control? Because it was out of control. I can, I can imagine. In a, yeah. in a positive way? In a positive way. It was nuts overly, I mean, it's say like 97% of comments and DMs and things, especially after the Brinsgiving episode, everything was like, I had people even just literally this morning, they're sending me like, thank you so much for opening up and vulnerability. Someone was saying what breaking generational curses and taking your trauma and understanding that you can still be a confident person and 
everything from like people about the race aspect and sharing. I've had people, a woman had messaged me and said, again, something totally different. She had lost her child. And she was like, when the part where you're talking about, like you choose happiness every day, she's like, that resonated with me. I lost my daughter. I'm like, uh, come on, you know, but it just proves it's, it's not me. It just proves that like when whatever your thing is, if you share it, it's gonna connect with other people and about their thing for, and they're gonna feel better about it, right? It doesn't have to be apples to apples. Like I was neglected as a child. So therefore you relate to me because you were too. What I have this, maybe it's Joe Dispenza or Abraham Hicks. I think we're all actually going through the same thing. Like, I think we're all going through the same life experience. So like as much as pain I felt, you both have felt it too. Everyone has felt it. There, And that's where we get, where we don't start to hate one another or we're like, you don't get, you don't understand me. We all actually, I think, have are, have gone through the same thing and the same pain, the same happiness. It's just about like, can you acknowledge that in someone else and not try to make yours more or think about theirs less? Do you, you remember a moment when you were going through everything you went through and you thought, I'm going to not play the victim here. I'm going to use this to fuel me. Like, do you, can you remember like an epiphany? I think, I think about the money stuff. I was always raised where it was very point blank. When I was like, we don't have money, but that's not going to stop you. Like there's always ways to do it. And my grandmother taught me by example, when she went into our Catholic private school and begged the priest and the principal to give us tuition for like a fraction of what it actually cost, And we got it. And so I always saw that as like, no matter if someone, no one tells you, no, you can't do it because you can't afford it. If you're a good person, you want to do it. You can do anything you want. There's always a way. When there's a will, there's a way. So that I learned from her. I think a moment where I was like, let's share. I don't know. Like maybe I have no idea. You just have a really good attitude. Like you said, you choose happiness around everything you've been through and it's refreshing and it's it's just there's no victim mentality when you could have easily like fallen into that and I just wonder if it's it's if there is a practice behind it that you do every single day no I I try when I'm on my best behavior I do the meditation thing in the morning I try to be present I like that uh it's not a religious book but it's called Course in Miracles I don't know if you ever heard of it I try to read I love that that it's a prayer yeah but it's like there's a lesson each day and it's like everything you see is not real like I, I drink the oh, look. I lived in Venice, California for two years, right? I became the yoga teacher. I drank the Kool Aid. I sorry. did the whole Abraham Hicks. I did Joe Dispenza. I did name someone that Eckhart Tolle. I did that for a while. I'm I really learned like all of that stuff, essentially, for lack of better words. So I became I t- I brought all that back with me to New York. Do I follow it every day? No, and that's another trick too. You can't. You're not going to be some guru every day and anyone who claims that they are and they figured it out that's the second that life's gonna turn like chew you up again and spit you out you know so it's just I don't know I just think it's just all a cycle of like pain and happiness and you just I think the reasons why I'm so happy is because I have experienced that pain yeah you know like it's the the contrast yeah it's the law of dynamics for every action there's equal action people say me you're so happy I'm like I've cried on my bathroom floor wanting to die like don't even start with me about like pain you know like so yes I'm happy a lot but it's only because I felt the I'm sure as and I think a lot of people have the worst that you could ever feel in your life you, you know, know we were talking a little bit about books before this, which I'll circle around to but I doing this show and talking to so many people over the years you realize that 
an individual's worst experience is their worst experience. Yeah. And, you know, maybe somebody loses a job and that's the worst thing that happens to them yeah. or somebody loses a parent and that's the worst. But trying to compare the two things and say, my pain is worse than your pain, it, it, it doesn't correlate. It doesn't work. I th Yeah, I think that one of the worst things someone can say, I don't like when people say like they start out, they're trying to share with someone or they're upset and they say like, you don't understand or you don't understand. That's the worst thing that you can say to someone. I think people can understand. And I think that, yeah, and the only and the only way out is, is is to relate. But I know for a fact we've all been through the same thing. I don't know. That's my belief. Yeah, no, I think people. It just in like the like I said, the worst thing that happens to you is the worst thing that happens to you until something worse happens to you. Yeah. So people trying to compare, like if your experience, quote unquote, on paper is worse than mine, it doesn't negate that maybe in my worst experience, I felt the same way that you felt yes. in your worst experience. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whenever friends try to say like, I know, especially two people that approach me now, you know, in the street, and they're saying, oh, thank you for sharing. Like mine's not as whatever. I stop them and say, no, no, no. Yes, it is. Like, because it, it is like, it, this isn't a contest of like trauma, you know, it's sure. like, and I think that's the first thing like you, you relate because you have felt the same way. If you've never felt that way when you watched me share that, that means, no, y you get it because you have felt that. Like everyone, Neville Goddard, another one, everyone is you turned out, everyone is a mirror. So I tell people like, like, oh, we're so moved. Thank you for sharing. I'm like, you're just seeing yourself. You're seeing yourself. You're seeing your own vulnerability. I'm great. I'm not that like special. You're, you're seeing yourself and your own vulnerability and your own fears and your own strength. And that's why people are relating to me. Like- yeah. It's why I like to read history a lot because I feel like you read about, not that I'm voyeuristic this, but you read about these tragedies that people have gone through. And I yeah. feel like that's the contrast that you compare your life to. I, I think like it's a shame that people don't read more history because they go through life thinking that their experience is oh, yeah. the worst experience that's happened in this world. And you realize like there's some really atrocious shit that's happened to people throughout yeah. the history of time. And being able to compare and say like, okay, I lost my job or like I, you know, you know, whatever's happened to my, someone broke up with me. It's like, it's, it, or, you know, you don't have a lot of money. Like maybe that's not so bad. Like there's things that have happened throughout the history of time that are so much worse. Totally. And so having that contrast is important. Totally. hundred percent. You mentioned you, you learned a lesson from your grandma about going and asking for it. What are some other things that you learned from your grandma that you apply every single day? I know you had a really close relationship. With yeah. Her. She'd always tell me, no one is better than you. Like, no one is better than you. And then I, she'd let that sink in for a second and then she'd follow up with, and you're never better than anyone else. Uh -huh. You know, so it's just always these little, some of them were good. Some of them are not. Maybe used to say too, you can never be too rich or too thin. I'm like, grandma, <laughs> explains a lot. You know what I'm saying? So she had some, she was like Betty Draper. You know, it's like, they came from a different generation of like, What's appropriate? She said every, this is interesting, and it's awkward telling it to couples. Ooh. Uh-oh, what's, <laughs> what's your broomstick? Let's not make this another therapy. What's your, what's, what's your broomstick? Yeah, but she she had all these little sayings and like, I don't know, I learned I learned so much from her. Like I literally That's learned really so much cute. Every marriage has a dirty broomstick. Every, she said every marriage has a dirty broomstick in its closet. I'm going to find your broomstick tonight. Okay, buried, buried deep in that closet. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. I heard a rumor that you were sought out to be on Vanderpump Rules. Is that true? It wasn't necessarily sought. There's a truth to that. It wasn't sought out. I think I was on the red carpet and I talked about it because I talked about how much I love Pandora and Lisa. And they were really, really kind to me and generous to me when I first moved to L.A. Pandora's husband uh, was is my childhood friend from Indiana. So that's how. So when I moved out to L.A., he was like, meet my girlfriend, Pandy. And I was like, hi, I don't, you know, I'm making like no money. She's like, oh, you can live with me. Here's a Range Rover. Like, they were so kind. Every night, they, Lisa and Ken fed me every night at Villa Blanca because I was making $32,000 at my job at the time. It was like entry-level job. 
They fed me every night. They were just so great. Ken took me, uh, was helping me try to find a car, a used Jeep. And they're like the kind, nobody knows it. They're, and they're quiet about it. They're like quiet. They would have never, they've never told anyone that. And I'm like telling everyone, I'm like, no, you guys are generous and amazing. But when they were casting, so she was on Beverly Hills Housewives. They were cast, they were like, oh, we have a show starting. It's based on the restaurant. Where Sir is where we would like hang out. And I know, all, and I knew all those kids prior to being on the show. And like, they were just fun to hang out with. So they were like, Do you, would you want to audition for the show? That would have meant I went that I would had to leave my little corporate job where I was still making no money. But I was like, I'm trying to like climb the corporate ladder. I don't want to go and have, I don't want to, I didn't want to leave my little corporate job to start working at Sir and be on a TV show. Because I, the, the, the rule was and is you this had, before it started? Like before it became? It was, they were casting for yeah, Sir. Okay. And I was like, I'm not going to go. I was very proud of myself for having attended college and getting at this very prestigious PR firm. And I was like, I'm not going to, it was very snooty. I was like, I'm not going to leave. You know, I'm climbing the corporate ladder over at Edelman. I'm not going to leave to go serve as a, a waitress, you know, be a waitress. I'm better than that. So I totally turned my nose upon it. Went out of my way, which Pandora loves throwing my face now. I'd be like, also, I would never do reality TV. It's trash. You know, and she's like, really? And I was like, Times change. <laughs> well, this is also like, this is like. This is like 15 years later. This is also iconic. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, Real Housewives of New York is iconic. Yeah. It's like you can't turn it down. When I, the thing that gets me, like, is it strange to say, when I get these, ah, like, oh my God, moments where I kind of freak out, like, oh my God, I'm on a TV show about New York. If I'm, like, the architecture of New York triggers it for me. Like, I will be driving in, you know, in, I'll be in an Uber and coming down, I was just coming down Park, and you know when you go past the Hemsley building or by the, uh, Grand Central Station or whatnot. Lauren's one of those people when we drive in the car, she does not look out the window Passenger at princess. Okay. She, you yeah. asked me where I lived in West Hollywood. Yeah, like, and you're uh, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you acted like I asked you the, the latitude and longitude of it. You're like she near the grocery store. Still to when this you day. just talked about New York, about, oh, you know, when you, I have no like, idea what you're It's called about. the Hedge Fund Hotel, but I think it's technically, the joke is it's the Hedge Fund Hotel, but it's, um, it was the Hens, Hens building or I don't know what building it is. But it, nonetheless, I'm driving through New York and I'll see like the architect, the buildings, or like I was on a blade a couple weeks ago and like flying around and I'm looking at the entire island and I get, so, I'm like, I literally start crying. I was like, I'm on a show that represents that, yeah, that cool. city. Like the thing I saw growing up on Home Alone, the thing I saw on Sesame Street. I'm one of six women that represent that. When I think of that, I get very, it feels like I took mushrooms. I'm like, whoa, dude, you know, it does. It feels like a little like indica moment. I'm like, okay, this is weird, dude. This is weird. Cause who am I to represent the whole damn city? Like, I would cast you in one second. Oh, you're kind. You're cast. Like you're, you are like, you're the, what's that word? I'm going to say it wrong. Everyone gets mad at me. Effervescence. Oh, I have no idea how to say it. Effervescence? Effervescence. Yeah. She, she's like the bubbles in the champagne. Ooh, just call it bubble, Effer, bubbles. Effervescence. Effervescence. Yeah. It's Eff a word. Someone's going to come and DM. Yeah, someone's going to DM me how to say it because I can't pronounce anything. Me, I can't either. I probably pronounced that wrong too. That's yeah, a, he probably a, pronounced it wrong yeah. for once on the on, on an episode. He pronounced something wrong. The reviews on the show are that I pronounced. Well, if we wrong. both are, I mean, you should <laughs> no, see the reviews. It. It's like, pff, okay. my God. So how do you go from being in Venice for two years to New York. What's what's the journey there? Why did you decide to move out here? Post Purdue, 15 years since graduating, I've lived half my adult life in LA or half in New York. I think now it's been now I'm on nine years in New York. I think it's been now more time in New York. Which do you prefer? New York. New York. I love LA though. I don't like it when New Yorkers are like, I would never live in LA or, or LA people are like, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I could never. Yes, you could. It's amazing. But I say LA is the side chick. New York's the chick you marry. New York is like classy and wonderful. At the, like, that's what you want. <laughs> 
you want to come home to that. She's a mall cu- a Clooney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's that. And it's like, and there's culture and whatever. And you're never bored. And like, that's your life partner, ride or die. No, I agree. L- we're, we're from California. And I, yeah. agree, and I agree with you. LA is a side chick. Like, you're yeah. going to be healthier there. It's fun. There's something exciting. You're going to like start looking and feeling younger just because of sheer proximity of being next to the person or in that city. And it's fun, but it's like, is that the one you settle down with? I don't know. I don't know. No, we, I mean, no, I don't think so. Yeah. LA is the side chick. What's Austin? Austin is like, I don't know, it's where you go when you're, when you got kids and you need to just hide out. The comfortable grandma. <laughs> we like it because we're between, because I have to bounce between what we want. No, it's nice. We get, a, okay. we get a taste of both worlds. Oh, nice, nice. And then you go to Austin and then you're in like a sanctuary. Yeah. And you're Zen. Yeah. And you're reading A Course in Miracles. But if and I there had you to go. Choose, and it's like, cal- and calms the nervous system. Yes. If I had to choose though, between like, if I could only go to LA or New York, I would only come to New York. And yeah. I would not go to LA anymore. Yeah. So, so when you Sorry, come LA. to New York, do you come? <laughs> come for a job do you come for a man why I okay so the first time first time after school to LA that was for a job then to New York for a job when I moved to LA for that was for a fiance okay then I was there we broke up and then before COVID I moved back to New York okay I need I want you to explain the fiance thing because I am obsessed with how many fiances you've had my like my, I named what? my daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I named my daughter after Jaja Gabor, and she was married Stop. eight times. Wait, I love Jaja Gabor. Her birthday is February sixth. Mine's February seventh. I'm obsessed with Jaja. Like, have you seen her workout videos? Uh, I watch uh, this all day long. Uh, they don't uh, make them like that the anymore. Robe right? With the man. Yes, it's genius. Uh, She's like, darling. There two, there's two guys in yes, there. Yes, yeah. yeah. She's uh, just uh, oiling them down, and not. It's it's a workout video. There's like zero. It's just dudes working out. She's just like harassing them you're you're giving her <laughs> oh my god and she wrote a book how to catch a man how to keep keep a man and how to get rid of a man there you go and okay like, i need to read you that. have that jaja gabor kind of thing this is like the biggest uh, my head i'm not gonna be able to walk out of here my head's gonna be so I, i'm obsessed with her i uh, love her. i couldn't pronounce her name so i thought her name was zaza so for yeah. eight years i called her zaza yeah and michael finally told me how to pronounce jaja. Her name. so our <laughs> daughter's name is zaza not oh jaja. my god so that's it's so the wrong sweet. pronunciation <laughs> that's, that's anyway so because you have to spell it z-s-a-z-s-a too it was, it was, yeah, yeah. It, causing confusion yeah so we yeah just kept it z-a-z-a okay but you have like you remind me of that and i want to know like what you're like why i guess why you got engaged the first time why yeah. you, i want to know like the whole roadmap of it so each one was my in my defense am third i'm going to be 38 i'm 37 now so it's like i feel like i would just be on my third divorce had i gone on with anyone but i love that i love that's real like that's so i've changed i've just changed so much that it kind of creeps me out like you do actually genetically is it not genetically but you do biologically on some level change every 10 years. There's people that like loved country music and pizza. And then 10 years later, they like sushi and opera. Right. So you actually change. And the most, supposedly the most success, the the successful marriages, if you determine success by staying together, is if you're able to do those changes together and respect them and whatnot and change. Because it does make sense when people are like, I don't know what happened, the 10 year itch. No, it's because you guys actually change. You are different people and that's okay. Like people evolve and change. I always say I would have just been divorced. But each one of those, in my defense of the engagements, each one was they proposed when we were broken up. So I, it's not like we were in this happy place and then we got engaged and everything, whatever. It was always we were broken up. We we're fighting, broken up 
or even then last week I was but straight up dating someone else. But the men can't get enough of that. They can't. So is it like a, that's the thing. And my they, thing is they always, can't handle it. You start dating well, someone else, yeah. you start fighting. They can't the handle sec- it. They lean in with engagement. The second, yeah, the second that they and I always tell them like, why did you have to lose me to know was to know that I'm, you know, like the one. Like I don't they want what they can't have. That's they all do. That, it's so that easy. I don't. I tell every single girl. I don't know why he's not texting me. Ignore him. Ignore him. It's literally so easy. Ignore them. Just kind ignore of like him. treat them like shit. My grandma did say, find someone who loves you more than you love them. A hundred percent. Why think, would I ever want to be married to someone I, I love know, more than right? them? I'm sitting yeah. like right over here. Yeah, it's, right like, over here. it's like we've totally forgotten time. you're yeah. here. It's like, and then Ken literally, sucks. <laughs> this is, if I had to write a book on how to get a guy, ignore him. Literally. That's the book. No, but that's, so I've, the advice I get, and I'm, I'm not, I would say I'm not about playing games, but sometimes you do have to play games, I think. But that's the advice I give all my, they're like, how do you get all these guys, whatever? It's because I don't, give them zero tension or anything. The less that <laughs> so you, easy. and the second, and I, I've had guys ghost me. I've had guys break up with me. And it was when I didn't listen to my own, and I was like, and I started liking them more than they liked me. I'd be like, hey, da, 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 or waiting around for them. The second you do that, so I plan even in my marriage, I'm just going to always be like, I'm doing me. And and you just continue. I still don't pick up his call. Yeah, exactly. Oh I, I ignore. He's, he is I okay. I feel like I need. He, he is right. Up. He is right here. You still, you yeah, still I, have to ignore them all the time. Yeah, yeah. And no, when think, they talk too much, you tune out. Yeah. and they want your attention more. Aaron, Aaron told me. Aaron told me though, because I have this theory, and everybody's like, no, no, no. But Aaron always backs me up on this. She's like, hundred percent. She's like, I play games with Abel all the time. She's like, and that's why we have an amazing marriage and fuck all the time. A hundred percent. you have to. We we do. I. Confess, we do like the chase, right? You yes. have to, I, I think if things are too easy for anybody, yeah, in any regard, I think people get a little bit. They get what my friend Weston calls it the ick. Yeah, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, like yeah, when it's like it's like sure. just too easy, like, it's too it's available, too... Both, and both sides. But I think for cis hetero ma- males, I think it's. But it's like this is all biology. Like you're, it's in you to chase, sure. and it's in women to be selective because we have to create, procreate with an individual who will protect us from the elements, you know? Now it's just like protect us from AI. But back in the day for thousands of years, it was just like the elements and can you protect us? No, people get mad when when there's this book called Evolutionary Psychology, which is like a, it's like a textbook. And I read it one time. It's like, it it basically is like something they serve you in school and it was really dry. But there's this one chapter which talks exactly what you're talking about, which is saying through evolutionary biology, women were meant to procreate. And if you procreate with someone, you basically had to stick with them with for nine months yes. and beyond because you could not procreate with anyone else. And this is very yeah. controversial to say these days. No, no. But a man potentially could procreate with many women during yes, that time. Of course. And so we're just wired differently. We're wired to be more selective. Yes. So as I am a feminist and I'm in, in about sexual freedom and do whatever you want, while I promote that, I'm completely a hypocrite because I don't operate that way at all. I let people think that I operate that way. I let people think, and I'm a massive flirt. And But I flirt with children. I flirt with old people. Like, I flirt with everybody. I just think it's like, just, it's, it's, not, it's not so much, it's not like sexual or romantic. It's more just like being playful and having fun and just seeing people and wanting to make them feel good and wanting to make them smile and laugh and like, but I don't, but I, I, I am very actual, maybe it's like my, Catholic guilt or something or upbringing and masked in something else. I don't know. But I, I'm very much about like, I don't know. I months go by. Like I want to be courted. Basically, Court it's me. like you basically, and if you people, want it, come and get people it. People say to about the engagements. I'm like, yeah, it's because I made dudes like propose. Like, basically tell me their plans and their intentions with me. And like the fact that we are dating for marriage and that's what it is. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then now I'll fuck your brains out. <laughs> You know, but until then, but until then, like, why? But why would I? But why? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't go into a job and not and don't ask them what their like the requirements of it or the salary or whatever. Like, I need to know everything before I 
get into this. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think with females or if you identify as female, your gift, this is what my grandma told me, your greatest gift is what's between your legs. I'm sorry, but the world, 100%. the world my starts. My dad used to say, dangle your carrot. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Thanks, dad. My dad used to say the same thing to me. <laughs> but like, it's your greatest gift and it's a source of power. We give life. It's not just about giving life. It is power. I'm sorry, but like power pussy, like, so why would you give that away or give it up or anything? Well, people get really upset. And I, you know, it's interesting. Born and I do this show's man, woman. And and I feel like because we do that, we're able to sometimes have different conversations yeah. because we have different perspectives, right? From, from a gender perspective. And I think sometimes like this will be a TikTok clip. Someone will see you saying that and they'll be very triggered and upset oh, yeah, saying so, that. Totally. But as a man, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's important. And I have two sisters and I have a daughter and I think yeah. it's important to hold some things back and make the man pursue and chase because it's ingrained, I think, this is my perspective, in us to one, desire that more and two, hold it in a different respect level. Yes. But I also sense? think it's yes. it's not only you get access to my pussy if you put the work in, it's also you don't get access to my energy if you don't put but, the but work in. Right. You said, don't get ac access to my witty, charming, perfect right. personality. Hold on, that, that being said, <laughs> though, if, yes. you, if you don't put the work in, like put the work in totally. for all, it all. But, totally. but that being said, though, I do think like if people are just going out and they want to get laid and have sex, like power to but you. But yeah, that's but totally different. I'm saying like, see, yeah, I have friends that sit there and say, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but you're looking for a relationship. Yes. So why would you give it away? Because that's not, that's not what, like there's also, I read somewhere, I don't know if this is true, but something like, that there is actually a little bit of a science. People are like, oh, I slept with him. He ghosted me. There is actually, there's a psychological thing that happens or a subconscious thing that happens with men. It's not that- It's called the ick. It's the ick, but it, and the ick stems from, mm -hmm. not because they're like, oh, she gave it up. It's actually subconscious. It's their insecurity thinking, if this person was my wife, it was, it was that easy for a man to get her. Whoa. So it's not that they're actually judging you and like thinking, oh, she's a bad girl, right? They might even like you, but it's because they're scared that that would happen to them because again, they don't, so it actually comes from kind of a sweet place why they're ghosting you after they fuck you. I also but think like, that, that makes so much but sense. But it is, yeah, they don't, and it's not, it's not the, every time, obviously it can like, maybe they can get over that or maybe, so. but supposedly that has something to do with actually what's happening to them subconsciously. I think when it's they not enough it. time also, and I know men maybe think they don't want this, but it's not enough time to develop an emotional yeah. connection. Like you're just, it's just there, you're just having sex right away. Yeah. And that's a, that's an exchange of a certain kind of energy. And I feel if you yeah. don't, like if you skip over all of the stuff to develop true intimacy, yes, and that's lacking, and you've already got to the end, yeah. It, there's something subconsciously, and it, listen, this happened to me when I used to date around. Yeah, I know it happens to a lot of my guy friends. Like when it's that quick and that immediate, yeah. it's not that you don't still find that woman desirable. You just don't necessarily want to take it as far as you would if you had to do the pursuit. Yes. If you are looking for a relationship, I think you should hold out as long as you yes. possibly can. Yes, like truly, I think like. Even six months. I'm talking yes. as long so as you can. I usually say four months. I'd always put people like, no. And again, like, everyone's going to have an issue with this. I My thing is, is that it's also shown that well, I, I have rules that I play by. Obviously, it hasn't gone that well for me. I'm not married. But give I do, some rules. But I do have as rules. many rings as Kobe. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. give us some rules. So I think minimum four months because at supposedly at three months, people, it's this getting to know you phase where everyone's on their best behavior. Everything's happy. There's extra oxytocin. There's everything's like, you see them in this perfect light. You will notice a lot of people break up or like they don't get in the relationship at like the four month mark. So I like, I think wait until four months at least. I also think, I think men know, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I think men know if they want to marry you at six months. I Maybe sooner. So, six yes. minutes. Six minutes. 
I think they do know. And so a lot of the times, again, when if it's a year and they're like, I'm like, has he shared his intention with you? Do you know? Does he talk about this? When people bring up, oh, are you guys going to get married? Does he like get weird? Or is he like, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. Has he talked to your friend? And, and they're like, no, I'm like, then he's not going to want to marry you. Like I, yeah, I just think at six months they know. So I then kind of know when it's like at eight months, I can tell. And if I start bringing up those conversations, they're weird. I'm like, I'm out. Quick break to talk about one of our favorite new partners, and that is Z-Biotics. As you guys know, Lauren and I have really limited the amount of alcohol that we drink these days, but we still partake once in a while. That being said, we absolutely cannot stand losing days of productivity, can't stand feeling hungover. I know most of the listeners that listen to this show want to get up, they want to perform, but they also want to have a little fun sometimes. This is why we love Z-Biotics so much. So what is Zbiotics? Zbiotics is a pre-alcohol probiotic drink and it's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. And all you need to do to have Zbiotics work for you and limit the effects of alcohol the next day is have it be your first drink of the night before you start drinking. That's exactly how we take it. Here's how it works. When you drink alcohol, it gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. A lot of people think this is dehydration. It's not. It's actually this toxic byproduct. And what Zbiotics does is produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. So if you're like us and you want to let loose a little bit and have a drink, but still have a really productive day the next day, which is what I think most of our listeners want, definitely check Zbiotics. It's been an absolute game changer for Lauren and I. We absolutely can't stand the feeling of feeling slow the next day, but we still want to partake once in a while and have a drink or two. Every time I have Z-Biotics pre-alcohol before drinks, I notice a huge difference the next day. I'm not slow. I'm not lethargic. I feel like I can still tackle the day. So give it a try, especially because Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Make sure you stock up on Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic before the feast. You'll be thankful you did the next day. Go to zbiotics.com skinny to get 15% off your first order when you use skinny at checkout. Z-Biotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash skinny and use the code skinny at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Zbiotics.com slash skinny. Let's talk about Vroom. We all know how much of a hassle buying a car can be. You spend so much time driving around trying to find the perfect car, negotiating over the price and worrying about the quality of the vehicle, but not anymore thanks to Vroom. Vroom is the better way to buy and sell used cars. When you go to Vroom.com, you can shop thousands of cars right from your phone. They have all the popular makes and models and no haggle pricing so you know you're getting a good deal. Best of all, they'll deliver your new ride directly to you. Vroom stands by its vehicles to every car car and truck from Vroom goes through a thorough inspection and reconditioning process and comes with a 90-day limited warranty on top of that. You have seven days or 250 miles, whichever comes first, to make sure it's the car for you. And if you don't love it, you can return it. You can also sell or trade in your current car on Vroom and they'll pick it up for free. Just answer a few questions about your car on the Vroom website and you'll get an offer in as little as two minutes. You have no obligation to sell, so there's nothing to lose. So whether it's buying your next car, selling or trading in your current one, Vroom has you covered. Start shopping today at Vroom.com. Again, that's Vroom.com. We absolutely love this service. You can also sell or trade in your current car on Vroom and they'll pick it up for free. Just answer a few questions about your car on the Vroom website and you'll get an offer in as little as two minutes. You have no obligation to sell, so there's nothing to lose. 
So whether it's buying your next car, selling or trading in your current one, Vroom has you covered. Start shopping today at Vroom.com. Again, that's Vroom.com. We absolutely love this service. If you're looking to buy, sell or trade a car, Vroom.com. Prolon. You have heard about this all over the internet. It's very popular. I know I've done their fast. Like I feel like five times I've shared it on Instagram story before. I love doing it before I have to get in a bikini. It really works. And recently they launched a Prolon fasting shake. Now, this is the result of 18 years of cutting edge nutrition research. So what it is, is it scientifically developed to keep the body in a fasting state without spiking blood sugar. So you could use it to extend your intermittent fasting window and fat burn. It's made obviously with all clean quality ingredients and it includes 21 vitamins and minerals, it's plant proteins, and it's prebiotic fiber. It's vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, and non-GMO. You should know that it tastes really good. And ultimately, it offers the benefits of intermittent fasting without the hunger. So if you're looking for something to sort of get you through the hump of the intermittent fast, I think this is a really good one. A lot of people are raving about this fasting shake. My personal favorite is the chocolate flavor. I just feel like it's so good. Sometimes I'll add a little bit of raw milk even. See what a difference the Prolon fasting shake can make. Right now, our Him and Her listeners can save 15% off your order when you go to our special URL. It's prolonlife.com slash skinny. That's 15% off at prolon, L-O-N, life.com slash skinny. Get started today at prolonlife.com slash skinny. Pamela Anderson had the best quote in her She's documentary. She's Oh, she goes, how I got every man to marry me. Did you see? She goes, she goes, I just told him I, I don't, I don't want to yeah. marry you. Oh my God. Do you know how well that works? That was the end it's of her so documentary. Easy. I was dying for so I'm obsessed with her. She's it's a genius. So I've loved her forever. It's probably but a little more nuanced than that. Wait, but basically, no, but if if you want to test it just at the beginning of a relationship, well, okay, another thing I always do when I'm going on a date with someone is one, I let them ask me with whatever they want to do, drinks or something. I say, well, no, well, I don't like, I, I don't go on a walk. I'm not a dog. I don't go to coffee. This isn't a LinkedIn job interview. <laughs> you can, and I don't do drinks. I'm like, no, you're not getting me drunk. You can take me to dinner. Love it. Then I make them ask me to dinner. And then I say, actually, Let's just have drinks like at that restaurant because I want to see if you like pass your audition. And then it's a challenge. And then immediately they're like, okay, they want to do, you know, and then and then you have the option if you do want to have dinner. I think don't hold back and get to know that person more. My second is always then definitely dinner because you need to see how that person interacts with like other people. A lot, a lot, not just the way that they're talking to the staff, if they hold the door open to you, how they are, how they act. Like I always do dinner second, second date. And then third date, I'm daytime, no alcohol. You need to see that motherfucker in the broad daylight and do something boring, do something cultural. Go to the Met, go to the Whitney, walk around awkwardly in a boring place and see how they do. Can you guys make little jokes to each other? Does it feel cute? Does it feel something? Are they Philistine? And they're like walking up to Picasso saying, I could do that. He's an idiot. Don't don't date that guy, you know, but like three days. Those are usually how I do the first three dates. And I think that can really and no kissing, nothing. And it always has to be like opening doors and doing things. And then by the third date too, start to kind of, I just do it early on. Like I think be unabashedly like, this is what I want. I, I say I'm I'm dating right now to have fun or I'm dating because uh, I'm curious or I say I'm dating because I want to be in a committed relationship. I just, and then you can take it or leave it. Not everyone takes it, but I don't care. At least I know. I'd rather find out date three than wait three months and be like analyzing everything in my friend group chat that he says and does. I like, have a question. 
Are you now, are you on these dating apps? I'm embarrassing on Raya. Still. You're on Raya. Well, because yeah. well, I missed the whole dating app thing. So the long way. Oh, oh, you're lucky. Oh, sad for you. You yeah. didn't miss it. I you, missed it. You, you, you dodged a bullet. But I'm just like, because I wonder now with that, I think a lot of people, people that I talk to, they feel a pressure to, to move things along quicker because people have so many more options. Yeah. Like back when we were dating, it's like if I was lucky You're to saying meet, that you didn't have any options. That's why you married me? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> done, meet, done, You did have done. options. The whole entire school of Arizona. No, no. Literally. Did you go to ASU? Yeah, no, U of A. The, the Harvard oh, of the Desert. U of so you wow. did have options. No, but I... Yeah, there are plenty of options there. They probably <laughs> lined up. They lined up like a new iPhone were, release. The, the options were coming when I was holding your hand out. Well, but it was a different time. But, but I was saying like maybe I would find one or two maybe three. Uh, um, uh, and, but that was, those are the options. Like I didn't have yeah, an app yeah, to scroll yeah. and scroll. And so like you had to put more time in, I feel like. I feel like as an argument against that, I think actually the apps have gotten to the point where it's almost disheartening. Like I'll find myself because of that very reason, because you do have so many options and you're saying. like, I just swiped through, at least with Raya, they shut it off after 20. They're like, you need to wait a few more hours. But Hinge or something, you can literally go there all day like a gamer and just keep swiping, swiping, like hundreds, if not thousands, especially when you're in a, congested area like Have you like seen New those York? guys they create the thing with the pencil eraser it just swipes right yeah. to every single person yeah. and over you and just, over. And you just keep I mean so I think if anything to me it's a little disheartening I'm like really? That it's the, This is this is it? Like, well, what I'm wondering it feels is, artificial. No but it feels like it, it people does. don't put it as much time. It doesn't feel like a Charles Dickens antique book. No it doesn't it doesn't feel like Bridgerton like it doesn't which is why I've started asking my friends and they have been so unhelpful but I'm like look I'm also about history and if for hundreds of years, if people were like set up or I'm not saying like arranged, but essentially set up or whatnot, it worked for our grandparents and there wasn't that high of divorce. Maybe they're all miserable. I don't know. But I want to be set up with someone or I want to have like. What's know, the type? Put it out there. Manifest it. What I'm asking is, <laughs> like, say I'm a guy like, OK, I'm trying to think of myself back then. You know, I'm really into someone, but they're saying, hey, you're going to wait four to six months. And then I got this thing on my phone that's like yeah. but, uh, but, but But my thing is if a guy wants it, he goes and chases it. So, well, do you know what I'm saying here? You know what I'm no, saying. No, yeah. I still, I, that well, doesn't threaten me. Time. If you go have a girl that you want to go swipe right on on Hinge and like you don't want to wait around for me, then you're not worth it to begin no, with. No, I know. But yeah. I'm saying I think what happens is maybe guys start to feel insecure and they're like this girl, it's four months. She's not in me. Then so that's I'm gonna not get, my husband. Yeah. I know, but so what I'm saying is like some, maybe these things are not the best thing for us because they, they provide endless optionality and no they, yeah. they decrease the ability to have patience. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. So I want to go back to the question of who is your like dream guy? Like describe him. Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> Who's that? The Formula One driver. He's so oh, well, sweet. He's very cute. Everybody's dream guy. Yeah, he's everybody's dream guy. I don't guy. even know who it is. Um, Good. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like someone who is, okay, kind. Okay. Has to be kind, have to be funny. Well, on my Raya profile, I always say you have to be taller than me, funnier than me, and smarter than me. Okay. So those three things for sure. Okay. I love short kings, but I can't feel like a giant. Okay. And I'm 5'10". Everyone thinks I'm short, but I'm actually, or like average height, but I'm tall. 5'10 is eliminating a lot of guys. It is. Just Only like 8% of the population, of the population is over six foot. So you're six saying two. no to David Beckham. You're saying no to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess. I know, right? You put Joe Rogan with David Daniel, Beckham on? I just want to get that clear. Daniel Ricardo also wouldn't meet that <laughs> thing. Formula One drivers have to be smaller because of the weight. Okay. So he has to be taller. He has to be funny. He Tall, has to be kind. funny, kind, cultured. Has okay. to, cultured is That's important. a hard one to find. 
That's what yeah. Someone too. Good luck. Go sit at the. I had I had an extra ticket next to me to the ballet or an extra seat at my friend's table, and I like literally went through my phone and I realized like every dude that I've dated in the past three years that is still like an ex or still single or whatever. I'm going through my phone. I'm like, who who could I take to the ballet who has a tux, who has a clean tux? And I'm going through and I'm like, nope, nope. This one would probably fall asleep. This one would probably fart in the ballet. This one would probably whatever. This one might have a tux, but it's probably dirty. This one's, you know, like, and I was like, there was like two guy men, I men, I'd say not guys, two men I could text. And they were like, oh, honey, I'd love to, but I have prior plans. And I was like, but you have the tux ready to go. And they're like, of course, baby. And I was like, oh, my God, those guys should probably start dating again. So they have to own a tux. They have to own a tux. Okay. Yes. Reverbly Tom Ford. They have to, <laughs> they have to be, they do have to be successful in their own right. Okay. It's not about money. It's about ambition. It's about like. Not no trust fund kids anymore. I did that and that never works out. Why um, doesn't that ever work out? Because especially for third, you know how it goes. There's someone who like the grandfather ever who made the money, who is the immigrant and da 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 and made the whole fortune, right? <laughs> this is like succession. So I've dated succession type families and dudes. And then this the 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 next generation, they grew up with the money, but then they're all fucked up because obviously the one who made the money didn't have the time to love them properly, but then they have like all the money. By the time money gets to the grandchildren, there's there's like, they then foil the money. It's a very interesting thing. I have yet to see like generational wealth unless you're like, an, you know, one of the names like a Rockefeller or something, I don't know, or like, and they kind of write off the curtails of the thing and the legacy. And it's like, I think it, I've yet to see one of these, oh, maybe a couple that can actually like take like the, the last name and, you know, and the being the son or grandson of a billionaire and like actually do something really, really worthwhile for it. And I think it must be hard. It's like being Michael Jordan's son. Like, are you going to be that good at basketball? I don't know. And then you have all the money in the world to like have fun with. So no more trust fund guys. Yeah. Someone who's like, I like... I like it if you've given like a talk, like you've done like a TED talk. If I can Google you <laughs> and you're standing up in a room of people and you're giving some talk about something important. Like if they've like talked about, if they're like presenting at the IMF, I'm like If you haven't done a TED talk, like just leave. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's your Or bio. just some sort of presentation. I like when it's like, it's always like forums or like a tech conference or something like important stuff or like, that's that's what gets me. And I'm like, wow, I like, I love smart. I like if you if you have patents I like, I do. I think it's hot. I think it's hot. I like academics. What about patent pending? Patent pending? Oh, come on. Who doesn't have patent pending? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so straight up patent has to be awarded. Yeah, patent has to be awarded. You have multiple patents. patents. I do. Oh! Yeah. (laughs) Do you really have a patent? I do. Hey, what's going (laughs) on? Look at you, girl. You got a good one. You have a patent. Jepid. So you you check that box for yeah. me. That's hot. Amazing. Yeah. That's hot. I have not given a Let's TED, name TED our talk, firstborn though. patent. Yeah. Or our, our, I mean, our secondborn <laughs> son patent. And that's uh, a cute name. It is a cute name. You should name it. Yeah, patent. <laughs> Lauren, do you, Lauren, you have a patent. Oh. You do. <laughs> oh, you do too. Hey, girl. <laughs> so maybe if the men don't work out, you know. I'm at the point in my life, people keep asking me about the Jenna stuff and they're like, how do you, did, was that real? I was like, look, I like to tease Jenna. I love making her blush and she's a very easy person to make blush. She's very sweet. And I just have been making people blush since I was like 10 years old. But now watching it back and then too, she had posted from Paris Fashion Week. She's like, I didn't know. She, I forgot she could speak French. She's like in these glasses in bed and she's like ordering food in French. I'm like, that could have been me. And you know, sometimes you think like something's a joke and you're like, I had the clueless moment. Like maybe I'm in love with Josh. She's doing a TED talk. You can Google her and she's giving like she's speaking. Smart. I, I, yes. I literally had this moment and I was like, wait, I was doing it for like kicks because trying to be funny. And I was like, hang on a second. Like, why? Like, why not? She's in a relationship now, so I can't. But I was like, 
I'm at the age, I don't, and maybe it's 2023 and all the young kids are doing it. I just don't care. <laughs> I've dated so many. I keep saying, I don't, the only thing I care about what's in your pants is your wallet. Like, <laughs> that's it. Why would I care about your genitals? Like, I'm old. I want to have children and get married. Maybe you and Jenna have a future. Honestly, yeah. I'm not going to lie. As a viewer, I was like, they have chemistry. I'm going to go watch it back now. Yeah. I have this feeling for her that it was very, very special. I think I probably, you know, what? it's like when you feel so close to someone like Harry Metzal and you're like, am I actually maybe in love with my best friend? It's that sort of, it's, I think it's like that sort of thing. But I have to be respectful because I love, her girlfriend's fucking amazing. I'd also date her girlfriend too. When you go thruple, on a show. Maybe just a throuple. If like Michael that. and I break up, I'll come be, we can just do a force. Quadruple? quadruple? Yeah. That would closet. The closet. Our faces would be snatched from ice and balls. Yes, right? We already have enough balls. <laughs> oh, by the way, I texted this guy. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I just have balls in my face. And I took a selfie. I'm going to say to you. And he was like, I don't know what that means, but do you want to have dinner next week? And I was like, okay. So I was like, okay, Ken, thanks so a lot. If we... But it's so funny. But it's a funny thing to tell people. I was like, I have balls in my face. And I waited. He was like, question mark, question mark. And then I sent it the thing. He's not funny enough. Exactly. Uh -uh. But that's what I'm saying. No, you need quick. to like give you me something have, back. You be quick. Or even like send me your, your, your balls yeah, back. Like something was... cool. <laughs> But the fact that he didn't understand yeah. and he had watched my Instagram story that day. So yeah. I'm like, didn't get it. Yeah. If we break up, then I'm going to give TED Talks. I'm going to file for a few more patents. <laughs> yeah. you know? You're going to have to grow a few inches though, honey. Oh, it's devastating. Stop it. No, you know, um, I was wondering about the show. When you when you go on the show, because yeah. so New York, I don't watch a lot of Housewives, but when but you I do. You are no, such a liar. You I watch New York. I watch, I watch New York. You watch Beverly Hills. I watch. I like New York better, but I, I do watch Beverly yeah. Hills. I you, watch, I've seen a couple eyes on Jersey. I've never seen. I've seen Ooh. Jersey. You like the guys on Jersey. Do you guys watch it together? Yeah. That's cute. No, I just go downstairs. Every, you know, yeah, I, yeah. And yeah. get a bowl of popcorn. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you feel, because what I love about New York is like before it was just so, it was nuts. You know, it was, it was just nuts. Do you feel a pressure to like live up to that level of, dare I say, crazy? There was a, there was a time and like the other girls can tell you when we were filming for a couple months and there was a little things, there was like the me and Aaron thing. But again, having watched it. And I don't think the girls in my cast claim that they've watched it. I don't think that all of them have or like not like how we have. But I was worried. I was like, this is boring. A couple of times I would like leave a scene where we just had lunch his, and I would like take my mic pack off. And I was like, am I the only person that fucking came to work today? Like we would leave sometimes at the beginning. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but we would leave. And then like we'd all go to dinner afterwards. And they're all like, yeah, like saying, saying, making more dick jokes than me, saying hilarious stuff. Like these girls are funny. When I tell you they're funny, I don't, I think some of them did hold back. They're so funny. They're so crazy. They're saying shit. They're cursing more. And I was like, where, where was this? Why am I, why, why are me and Aaron the only ones that are like giving it, you know? And they're like, oh no, no, no. Like we're not gonna, the, the people were holding back for sure. And I think again, the audience called it out though. Yeah. Yeah. They and, did. And, and understandably so I get it. This was new. First of all, look, we didn't, this was the scariest thing ever. This is like the trust fall off Mount Everest, right? Because we don't, we were promised it was going to be different. It's a new era, but we didn't know. And at the end of the day, you never know, even though it's respected institutions, you never know what's going to happen or how it's going to look. Or What about the ca the cast member that got kicked off? Like, or what, ha what happened? She, it was it, with her, Lizzie, Lizzie's amazing, but it was like a lot of stuff start happening with her school at her kid's school. So she so, decided she didn't want to be on it. Yeah, because it's like she needed, like, I understand that. Look, this what is hard mean, enough. at the kid's school? Like, like, like other parents? I think at the time there's stuff being said or she was saying stuff about Kanye. I, I don't know. Like, oh. it's like, and, and I think it was about safety and her family's safety. And that I understand and respect because, look, this is hard enough. And look, and I have had things thrown at me and said to me, but like, if 
someone start talking about like children in my life, my, my, my godchildren or nieces, I would immediately be like, nothing is worth the people at her school? No, no. I think there was like TikTok threats or something. I don't know. So she just know. said this is not. This it's is not. not for, she prioritized her family. That's all. Yeah, that's all it is. But um, my question is more, was it weird to be filming with someone and then you guys have to cut these scenes with this person? No, because we had, we like barely had started. It, it, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it literally wasn't. I don't even think I'd, I hadn't filmed with her. I think that's the difficulty though with these shows. So we work obviously with a lot of people that go on television shows. Yeah. But in what Lauren and I do, we kind of have this controlled environment. We're like we're going to produce this. And yeah. Then we self-produce. Like there's no, yeah. I don't have to get the green light from anybody. To yeah. S- produce, to put something out or take something, you know, whatever I want to do is basically what I got to do. And I feel like the audience, when they tune into something like this, treats us different than they treat reality television yes. stars. And same with like other celebrities. Like maybe if you're in a movie, like I feel you guys, your lives get dissected. Yes. And the audience feels entitled to dissect it. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but it's just they a They feel entitled. Thing. They are entitled to a point, right? Because we're putting ourselves sure. out there. But it's this ongoing battle, I think, between fans themselves, fans in the show, us and fans and us within ourselves, right? Of like, what feels I want to share versus I didn't want to share. And I think it's just the wild, wild west. And it's like a case by case scenario. But I've, like, yeah, you see that and you're like, well, you're on a TV show. You should share that. They don't, they shouldn't have to if they don't want to. We're never pressured to share anything that we don't. But I think it's sometimes too, when I see some of the comments and people in our own arguments getting so like paragraphs, like Charles Dickens, you know, yeah. paid for by the word level and their interior and like dissecting things, whatever. And then you just want to be like, get it. But like, it's a show. So it's, I, I guess it's confusing maybe for people because it is, it is real. But it is a show. It's just this thing that you keep like going ping pong back and forth. It's really hard. I think someone then that has to do this, you have to be able to like, be able to differentiate reality from reality. Like watching it back with the girls, you know, it's been like tough because it's with your friends and eight months ago conversations you don't remember. You see their inner thoughts. You see them in confessionals and you're like, dude, you told me you're okay. And then you sat there and you're like, well, that was that. And you're like, what's wrong with you? And it was so long ago. You have to be able though to like navigate it. It's not... It's nothing. Kudos to every single person who's ever done it from The Bachelor to Survivor to whatever. It's ex- it's extraordinarily difficult. Yeah, it's interesting for me to observe because like I said, we produce a lot of shows. Like, So we produced a handful of the Vanderpump podcasts and shows. Right? Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah. then I remember back in the day when Stassi had some drama, we produced that show too. And, and yeah. listen, we have shows where people say wild shit all the time, but I feel like the standard quote unquote, a podcast host is held to is not nearly the same as no. someone in your position, right? Yeah. Where like, I've never been berated so many times yeah. when, when something pops off on one of those shows. I'm like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, treat it like how we treat every other show. Sure. But it's just the audience responds so much differently. Yeah. It's visceral. So, so differently than yeah. they do to it's like, if I say something wild on here compared yes. to like if one of, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. But I think nothing can ever prepare you for it. And it's hard to not get sucked in. The thing that gives me when I, cause there's been a lot of like really, really gross things written about me. And like the thing though that I, I have what brings me back and makes me feel okay with it is I'm like, when you compare, right? It's always about ratios, just numbers. The number of people that say something but with the number of people that say something good. Also, I think someone who has the audacity or just frankly the time to see something on TV, be that that's on Bravo, no offense, but it's not BBC. And like, and then go online, take time out of there to go online and write something so upset. 
again, Neville Goddard, everything, everyone is you turned out. I'm like, that person's going through stuff. And I actually just like hit restrict. And I'm like, I hope they're okay. Because the only, like, no, it doesn't make sense to me. Like I watch TV. I watch The Bachelor. I see funny stuff. I laugh at them. I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, maybe that's the villain or she's, she's silly. But I don't then like take the following steps of out of my day. I'm intrinsically angered. Go on my phone go on this person's Instagram handle and write something mean to them. It's because like, something that you're doing is triggering something in them that, that they don't like. Yes. That they don't like and they're projecting it onto you. They're absorbing it and seeing something and whatever. Which again, so when I see the things, at first it was hard. I'm like, what the hell? This is weird. And then I'm like, to someone to take all those steps and nowhere along the way to say, you know, I'm just gonna put my phone down. This is a TV show. This is weird. They're here to entertain us. Maybe I don't like Bryn, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to go, go send her a DM about with all my thoughts about her and why her trauma is relating and she's being a whatever with guys. And like something's not right there. Oh, the level. I was just tagged in another one just this morning. I don't restrict. And they're like, I just want to let you know that your unresolved trauma is annoying me and I can't stand this show and things like that. And I'm like- they have unresolved trauma. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And it's, I think it's hard for people to see someone happy and confident. And look, I'm not happy all the time, but like happy and confident. Like, hey, this shit happened to me, but like, I'm not going to let it get me down and I'm going to try my best. I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to be unafraid. And then somehow I'm going to end up on like an amazing TV show. You know, like I think that's hard for people to see because maybe- it's not turning out like that for them. They're using their trauma as an excuse not to execute on whatever it is yeah. they want to execute on. Because it can always go two ways in life. Like, and I think you have to be very careful. When bad things happen to you, you can sit there and say, okay, oh me, oh me. And sometimes you become the thing that was your trauma, right? Or you can let it. And look, I, I think it sometimes it'd be easier. I, I don't blame those people who let their trauma affect them because it's hard. It's, it's horrible to like, it, it's the most difficult thing to be like, I'm not going to let this thing affect me. So you go one of two ways. You you become it or you, you let it affect you or you just say, no, I'm going to use this and turn it into a superpower. I think I just got lucky. Like, I I think, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's me, but sometimes I think it's pure luck. Like, because it's it's tough. It's it's tough. Like, I don't judge people that like are just sitting in their own self-misery because it's a, it's a tough warp to get out of. Well, you know? it sounds like you've done a lot of inner work and you've been really introspective and really yeah. thoughtful and you spend a lot of time thinking and yeah. meditating. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's been a, an easy road. I think, you know what it was? It was a failed relationship with someone who I really, there's been few guys where I loved them more and this, there's one of them and I was madly in love with them and I probably still am in love with them and it didn't work out. I kept pushing him away. I kept running away and he said, don't, don't do this. Don't run away. Don't push me away. But that was like my defense mechanism and I did it for like the 10th time. And he's like, I'm done. I can't do this. It took that relationship. And I was like, I lost out on an amazing relationship because of my trauma. And I was like, that's it. I was like, I don't care what it takes. I don't care if I have to do electric shock therapy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of this because it's, it's not working out for me. Like I was able to like suppress it for work and like use it as a superpower in work, but interpersonal relationships, it was like a shit show. So it took that. It took that experience for me to be like, that's when I started Alan Watts. That's why I saw that. I just was like, I'm I'm doing it like I'm. I think that when you grow up in chaos, that it's very easy to become addicted to the chaos and feel comfortable in the chaos. Oh, you do. And if you aren't self-aware and able to look at yourself from an outside perspective and really thoughtful and purposeful about how to remove yourself from the chaos, you will recreate it. Oh, you create it as an adult and yeah. you don't even realize you're doing it. And actually consciously, I have people in my life, I know about this, consciously and to me and to themselves, they're like, I don't know how this happened. I don't want this. I hate this. This is my worst nightmare. 
but they don't realize that they created it themselves. Right. Because your brain, when we're young, and that's why it's so important with children, you have to protect children, is because it's such a formative time, one through seven, and one through five, one through seven. And you need to make sure that, and that's when things are being wired. So like your brain just gets wired to the chaos is normal, right? So that's like being wired to where you feel safe. It's not guaranteed for everyone. It's not, oh, this actual safe place is where you always feel safe. If something happens, you're wired to feel like the trauma is safe. So that's why then as an adult, you seek it out. Because even if everything, when everything's normal and happy around you, you start, that's abnormal to you, right? And I still deal with a little bit of that. Sometimes when everything's going my way, I'm like, no, no, something bad's gonna happen now. I'm too happy. This is too good. I just had this conversation with a friend this weekend. I was like crying at Waverly Inn. And like, I was like, it's too good. I'm too happy right now. Something bad's gonna happen. And she's like, I think this is the next lesson you need to learn is just to accept it and to accept all the people saying nice things to you and to accept like, the good that's happening, not thinking this is going to go away. This is going to run out like this is going to get taken from me. You almost have to surrender. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I want to go back to what you were telling us because we got our conversation took a turn, but I wanted you to go back and you for you to give us the roadmap of your fiancés because I just need to like under yes. you, you were saying that you guys that you broke up because you would tell them that you didn't want to get married or you did want to get married? I did want to get married. Each one of them too. Okay. It was me wanting to get married and pushing them to get married. And they wouldn't want to. And then you would break up. And, and then I'd be like, fine. Got it. I'm done. I don't want to. And then then is when they would propose. So it's all this like. And I Got just. It. And call me crazy. And that's every single one of them. Every single one of them. And how many fiancés? Okay. Well, three fiancés. And there's three engagements. Okay. Three fiancés. Okay. But been proposed to a lot. And you still have the rings. No, God, no. Why no. can't you keep the rings? No, no, no. no that's you never, deal, you right? never keep the ring. Keep it's the weird. Ring. First of all, you don't want it. Because the ring is a promise. You don't want it. It's... You don't want, trust me, you don't want it. Even though they're great. I mean, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, oh, just for jewelry purposes or like, because I want to be Elizabeth Taylor. So you Taylor. give it back. You give it back. I'm every, just wondering the You protocol. give it back every time. Also, legally, you have to give it back. Oh, you do? Yeah. Men never propose to a woman on her birthday or on a holiday because then she can claim that it was a gift. Any other oh, day a good, out of the, good tip. I know I'm helping the guys that's a too. Book. That is that's a, a that's a chapter yeah. in your book. Yeah, but oh, yes. Can but I say something? Technically, though? like in all in like 48 states, you have to actually give as a piece of prop. You have to give it back. I told my sisters this growing up all the time, and I'm gonna tell my daughter this. Men are. I will just pick on us a little bit. We are big dumb animals. Yeah. We don't see the world nearly as gray no. as people think. And I believe that if you're dating a man and you're confused about his intentions, yeah, it's a pretty clear answer. That's your intuition. Meaning like, we are very straight up. Like, I, I've never met a man that's confused. Like, do I want to be with her? Do I not? It's like, oh, either yeah. you do or you don't. And to, well, yes, it's, I mean, a hundred, but you guys are so simple. Yeah, We're simple. the one that complicates you. When he likes you, he's, he's, I, I said this on Watch What Happens Live and he's like, really? I'm like, no, when, when a man wants you, he's literally flying to another country to take you to dinner. Yes. True story. Yeah, if my sisters ever came to me when we were growing up saying, like, I'm confused if this guy likes me, I say, he doesn't like you. No, yeah. You should, I'm, but like, I know that's mean to say, my, but there's no confusion. My friends will tell me like, well, I'm like, oh, I thought you had date, a dinner date with him so-and-so tonight. And they're like, no, well, he's really busy with work. He can't text you back. Here's a story I tell it. There is a very amazing top tier NBA player that I briefly dated. Everyone's dated him. But I briefly dated and it was something with like, we got into a little bit before it was like game four or five of the NBA finals. And he's a star player in this game. Okay. This is like, I don't know what year I'm not going to, cause I will give it away. So anyhow, what does his during, name rhyme? With? I'm not saying, 
I had texted him something for the game and whatever that I was like mad. I was like being meh, meh, meh. And during halftime, I have a missed call. And he has a text. He's like, babe, don't be like that. Like, it's cool. Right? So anyway, so to this day, it didn't work out with him because like he dates everybody. and He's amazing. But I tell everyone, if blank blank can text me back during game five, the finals, nobody is that busy. I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos. You are not like a man is not that big. Like, come on. Do you know when they want you? Jeff Bezos. When they want you, they want you. Look at the look at Lauren, who he's dating. I love her. Is amazing. She's She's an amazing person to look at. Yeah. He is in love with her for a very specific reason. She has a big personality. She brings the fun. You can tell she's fun as fuck. And you can tell too. I bet she she would have a problem breaking up. I can tell. She wouldn't care about breaking up with him. She'd be like, like, she does not care. Yes. I love her. I think fiance. Yeah. She got him. It's because she, she knows how to play the game. And I think she can tell. I, she's like, I don't care if you're like one of the richest dudes in the world. She's like, you can just tell she is. She's going to be fine. Loving, supportive. She Independent. Just, yeah. You could just tell. She knows. Yeah. She vibes like she knows what she's doing. She, and very smart. She knows her worth. Harvard case study on. She's her. like the poster child for like, consider yourself a high value woman. She's yep. like, I'm the biggest value you ever meet. And that's she's the like way. She's 21 who cares. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she is. It's she, genius, but that's how every woman should be. Yes. And it's not about dating a billionaire or whatever. It's about like, always just, I think my grandma really taught me that. Know your worth and continue to know your worth even when other people fail to see it. It's all about the small tweaks, not drastic changes. And obviously, that is what you can trust from Restylane's family of hyaluronic acid dermafillers. This is the filler that I have used in the lining of my lips. I'm very specific. And this one gets the job done. The one that I used was Restylane Kiss. And it was just so natural. They are known for their hyaluronic acid filler. There's been over 65 million treatments worldwide. Everyone is very unique when it comes to their face. So Restylane is not a one-size-fits-all situation. They have like Restylane Lift for your cheeks. They have Restylane Define for your chin. They even have Restylane Eyelight for your under eyes. So everything is designed for whatever area you're targeting. The Restylane family of products are indicated for people over 21 years. The most commonly observed side effects are swelling, redness, pain, bruising, headache, tenderness, lump formation, itching at the injection site, and impaired hand function. To learn more about the serious but rare side effects and full important safety information, visit WrestlingUSA.com. Receive $20 off when you join Aspire Galderma Rewards today. Membership comes with exclusive rewards and discounts so you can earn points and start saving on your qualifying Restylane treatments today. Visit AspireRewards.com to start saving now. Again, that's A-S-P-I-R-E Rewards.com. Let's talk about Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers is the number one doctor-recommended weight management program and the trusted authority in evidence-based weight health. Beyond the science, joining Weight Watchers means you become part of a powerful, passionate community. They're all about community there. We got to learn all about that when we had the CEO on our podcast. The company's purpose is to always inspire healthy habits and lasting weight loss. So how they do this is they focus on behavior change, nutrition, science, and real connections while never giving up on the food that we all love. 
Personally, I really love how they've evolved their approach to weight loss over the years, and they're really like with the times, which I appreciate. Weight Watchers has helped millions of members on their journeys over the years, and recently they've launched Weight Watchers Clinic, and this provides support to even more people across the weight health spectrum. Most importantly, I think that Weight Watchers knows that weight management is not a one-size-fits-all thing. There are behavioral and biological factors to consider, so they really have a multifaceted approach when it comes to losing weight. Head to www.com slash TSC to see if you qualify. If you do, use our code TSC25 to get your first month free. Plus, you get $25 off your second month. That's www.com slash TSC. I am such a fan of a simple, plain, chic outfit with a nice little sweater tied around my shoulders. I feel like it's simple. It's timeless. It's classic. It never goes out of style. And the sweater that I have been wearing is very detailed. It is by Quince, okay? Quince has all the timeless classics, and you can have them in your closet forever. The sweater that I love that I got and I've been wearing like with a white t-shirt or even a black long sleeve shirt is the Mongolian cashmere polo sweater. The one that I really love is Heather Gray. I got it in a medium so I could really rock it around my shoulders. But then if I get cold, I can just throw it over whatever I'm wearing. I've been wearing it on the podcast a lot and it's just like chic. It has a little collar. It's so simple, but it's so beautiful. It's cashmere and it's affordable, which is so great. It was $79. And it's something that I've worn like 10 times since I got it. Quince's capsule wardrobe has all the things. They have you covered if you want to go on there. They have cashmere sweaters from $50. They have washable silk tops, dresses, and even flattering pants. So you can go on there and get all the classic timeless pieces. But the best part is all Quince's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get affordable luxury with Quince. Go to quince.com slash skinny. You get free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash skinny. You get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash skinny. Have you ever seen that map of of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny and he's like got all the diagrams going? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like if you have to explain the status of your relationship that way, we're like, oh, well, he's yeah. got this, or, he's got, or she's got this, or the trauma, or if you have to gaslight yourself. Yes. Right? It's like, it's, yeah. like, like I've said, it's pretty simple. Either likes you or he doesn't, she likes yeah. you, she doesn't. Of course, there's things you can do in the dating period, but whenever I've talked to anyone that is running circles trying to validate and explain like why it's either working or not where I'm like listen it's, it's pretty simple like they yeah. either want to be with you or they don't I also have a theory that I just think humans in general don't like desperate energy no like, yeah. it's a turn off in friendships yes. it's yes. a turn off in business relationships 100%. it's 100%. a turn off when you're signing a contract it's 100%. a turn off to an investor yeah and it's a turn off to sexual energy and I yeah. think that if you find yourself leaning in too hard and being too desperate, that's a surefire way to get someone yes. to be turned off by you. Yeah. And it's a, and you can be like, I feel like there's and it doesn't matter where you come from. I think you can have that. That's people don't understand that like, confidence is free. Confidence is, you know, like you ch- you can choose it. You can choose confidence and happiness and it's free and anyone can do it. So I don't care if you're, 
you know, like maybe never got to go to school at all and you're you know working through job, whatever your background is, but you can always like, if you, you can walk into any job or any employer and be like, no, I deserve this pay or this what if you're a good, truly good employee. I just feel like it's like a thing that people think, oh, people ask me, how are you so confident? I wish I was confident. I'm like, it's in you. You just have to choose. I'm confident. You have to mentally say, I'm going to walk in this room and I own it. It's an energy field. It's like, it's a choice. It's a choice. I'm not confident every day. I choose to be. I think it has to do with self-worth. Like a lot of people struggle with self-worth because maybe they're not doing things in their personal life, regardless of what's going on the outside to, yeah. to, to validate themselves and to better themselves, right? So yeah. they, they're looking for validation from the outside as opposed to validating themselves from within. Yeah, right? but I think that's when you have to be really tough with yourself and your own inner, like I, I love David Goggins. I know he's a little oh. confessional. I mean, look at controversial, but like love I it. think his story too, of just like, don't rely on anyone else. No, it's you. You answer to you. You like, I have yelled at myself before, like Bryn, get the fuck up and do something. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm I like I I'm a fan of tough love, but I love David Goggins and I love how he's just like you're it's you, it's you against you. It's not you against the world, it's you against you. You can do anything, you can have anything. It's all like you you just make your mind and your body do it, you know? If someone's listening and they're single, yeah. Tell us all the things that you love about being single cuz you were telling us off oh, air yeah. and I think that that being single for anyone who's listening that's single is such a moment and it's so yeah. fun and you have everything on your own terms. Tell us all the things you love about it. I love I love having my space in my house. I think What's when I like it's it's so <laughs> nice. It's quiet. It's all my stuff. It's just like a little like cocoon, a jewelry box of Britain. Oh. It's very, very nice. I think even when I'm married, I read actually in Business Insider, it said a few months ago that people married couples who have separate bedrooms are actually like reported to be happier and whatnot. What about like a separate oh, house? interesting. No, not a separate house, but like separate bedrooms. And like, I think I want, I want to sleep in the same bed as my husband every day, but I think, I mean, a hundred percent, I need a, a separate bedroom, like my own bedroom. No, uh, that sorry, makes a bathroom. Sense. Yeah. Bathroom I need so bathroom. I can do girl magic. Yeah. I need him to have a toilet in a separate room with soundproof walls. And yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, but having my own space is amazing. Get him a porta potty outside and call it a day. I think, I think you have more money. People ask me like, what do, how, I don't, it's not that I'm like rolling around in it. I have money because I didn't have kids. If Like, what do I have to pay? My rent, my eyelashes, my cell phone bill. It's not that hard. I'm 38. I hope I would get, be in the point in life where I'm making more money than like minimum wage. I've worked really hard for 17 years. But like, if you don't have kids, life hack, you have a shit ton of money. Right. Literally, statistically, like, Google it. The richest women in the world are like single childless <laughs> women. Like, you have more money if you don't have kids. It's very simple because I don't have responsibilities. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have dogs and like I don't have all this stuff so I think you have money therefore you have more freedom to just do whatever you want being single is awesome because like when I wake up in the morning I can just be I literally just say what do I want to do today and it's like I take my newspaper I go have breakfast I see a friend I go shopping I go get a pedicure and then I go home and I watch like Bridgerton like that's like I don't have like I don't have to so yes are there a lot of times because I want to be a wife because I want to be a mommy that I feel really bad about myself or I feel like I, sh- I shouldn't have did it. And look, my friends are on their first marriages, second marriages. And like, I do feel b- bad and I'm worried. I have anxiety about the future and I don't want to wake up 45 without and not be able to have children. Like that's a massive worry for me. But but I'm trying to remember like, if I can manifest it and if the universe wants it for me, I will have it. And I'm going to look back. I've been saying this a lot the past year, looking around my apartment. I'm like, I'm going to look back and I'm going to be like, 
you know, hundred percent. Yeah, when I had yeah. my studio apartment. I look back and I was like, oh my god, it that was, was so such cute. a sweet, my, like, fun time. It was sweet, and I think I'm seeing it now. And sometimes too, I got, I actually got nervous because of the fact. Sometimes I realize with my manifestations, the second that I am that level of gratitude and realization, then that's when it's almost done being over, you know. So I actually got really nervous, and I was like. Oh no, what if it's happening? Like, what if I, I keep saying I want to get married. What if I'm married in six months? And I'm going to be like, I will take me back. You know, like have a really long engagement. No, I'm going to go to Vegas. <laughs> I'm just new. You got to get me drunk and take me to the courthouse. Just get done with it. I, I, I want to be someone's wife. I don't want to be a bride. I think people make this decision rather cavalierly. Does that, yeah. does that mean? Michael has a real opinion on no, this. No, no, no. Oh, I, really? I yeah. think that unless you're with somebody that you're really certain about, that you want to build a life with, have children. I mean, that's a whole yeah. other thing. Like, one thing to be in a relationship, another thing to get married and share a house and income, another thing to have children and raise Insane. them for the, the rest of their adult yes. lives. So I think unless you're absolutely certain that that's the person yeah. that you want to not only be with, but co-parent with and all those things. Yeah. I agree. It's better to just wait and be selective. I think it's. Yeah. It's like I've great. made it this far. I've gotten through in the late 20s, early 30s weddings. Mm -hmm. I going to weddings by myself, going to weddings right after I called off my engagement the same week. And literally the person's place card with their name is still there and all the looks. Like, oh. I've weathered all of that. So at this point, I've come this far. Maybe I just go the whole thing. No, and I mean, just... no offense to the to the world of Bravo, but I think people see what happens in, yeah. when relationships don't go well. Yes. And to me, that's my worst nightmare. I would rather be single forever yes. than deal with that kind of drama with an intimate partner, right? Totally. Like, and so the difficulty is sometimes people feel pressure with age or whatever to just say like, I have to do this and I have to have children. I have to be married. Yeah. But then they end up with someone that they shouldn't be with. And well, I've been tempted. I've been tempted with a few exes. I was like, maybe I should just. What relationships have worked out on reality TV? I'm just actually wondering. Like, is there examples? Like, you mean marriages or like marriages, relationships? Like there's who's, a few. Who's, there's who's a few curses. There's a few curses. There are some curses. You know, like the people like the biggest curses win the lottery. Have you read that yeah. book? Like, you just end up dying or imploding or like it's bad stuff happens to people that win the lottery. So Never want to think with reality television. With reality TV, I was worried about that. But when it started off, it was me, Jenna, and Uba were the single gals. Jenna's very much in a very happy relationship where she will not confirm or deny the engagement, but technically she's wearing a big ring. She's happy. They found their little thing and whatever it is. And I just told her if there's a wedding, like I want to give a speech. So please tell me, but I don't know if they're engaged, but she's happy. And she has a ring now on the left finger, a giant ass diamond on the left finger. So she's content in their way. Uva's also met an amazing, amazing man. And she's very happy too. So I'm, I would have never thought a year ago when we started this, us being the three single gals that like, but they're in happy relationships. So I'm just hoping that I'm, last the next one or i've like, seen some of these guys go on reality tv though and they just it doesn't end well for them they just bite it i think though a lot of women go on reality television to subconsciously expose their marriage so they can get confirmation bias of how horrible their husband i've is. seen that in past seasons past seasons i know exactly which like ones you're talking bring about the husband yeah. on to be like yeah oh my God, he's so verbally abusive and I'm just going to take it and yeah. I'm going to let the audience be the judge and jury. Yeah. And then I don't need to feel bad when I leave him and I'm simultaneously building my own brand and making my own money. Yeah. I think that some have done that in past seasons, perhaps deliberately. And I think some have done it unintentionally. Yes. Like we see that in real life of people with friends and being like, they're, they're talking about their husbands and you're like, why are you blabbing to everyone that he... Da, 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 or something happened or he lost all this money or whatever. I'm like, are you trying to, is this like a flat? Are you trying they to get out of it? They take the broomstick and they ride it. Yeah, and they start, or they just take all the dirty laundry and they start airing it for everyone. And it's like, I've had friends like that where I'm like, why are you, 
I have a rule too in relationships now in my 30s. I do not tell friends shit. You shouldn't. You, know, you should. You and know don't Steve tell Harvey? family. Steve I, Harvey? What does he do? Family no. feud? Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah. I love Steve Harvey too. Steve Harvey he's giving like me half my relationship advice. clips on this is basically talking about how his marriage is a closed circle. Meaning it's like his yeah. hand and his wife and his other hand. And like no friends, no family is allowed yeah. to participate. In our marriage, we don't like, of course we have issues as any sure. married couple. We, if we have an argument or we disagree on something, but we're never going to friends or no, family. Or you, you, Here's you the thing. You, you can't take it back to. If I'm trashing my husband to you, yeah. I'm trashing you to someone else. Exactly. Exactly. Well, tell your therapist. In that's like, tell your therapist. They're always going to be biased. They're not in it. They don't know the day to day. Tell your therapist. Don't tell family and friends because then when you want to get back or when you're on better terms, because that happens, you're going to get mad. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to trash your husband or wife. Maybe you might even think about separating. I'm just thinking like to the best of your ability, as long as it's not like a true, not true, but as long as it's not like a serious matter that needs attention or professional intervention or something um, like abuse or something like that. But I think everything else, just like kind of keep it to yourself. I've noticed my relationships in my 30s have gone so much better because I every five seconds wasn't like, maybe if you have one friend, like I tell some of my friends when they're bashing me out so-and-so, they know though with me, I'm an Aquarius. So like they can tell me anything. I say, look, wherever they're at, I'm support. You hate him today, I hate him. You love him tomorrow, I love him. And it's not even fake. I show up and I'm like genuinely friends with them again or or genuinely will hate them. Like, But I can do that in my brain because I just love you so much. So I'm just along for the ride. But I have never... I haven't met a friend like that where I truly trust that they can just turn on and turn off or wherever you are today, we love them or we hate them. Like, what do you want to do? Let's go. I think you have to be very, very careful because I think people have, they don't even know, but they could be subconsciously kind of jealous or they're trying whatever. I don't know. People- Or they use it as gossip. This is why yes. I don't think relationships yeah. are good for reality TV because like we were just talking about in our life, we deal with all our stuff, which is Lauren and I. And imagine now you have the world commenting, oh, he said oh, this or she said this. And you're dealing with that outside pressure and that outside energy. You can't Look, do it. I'm a single gal. That's why I did this in the irony that the show is called Housewives and I'm not married. I say not to bash the other people on my show or anyone who's ever done this. I don't know if I would do this if I were married. I think I think I've waited so long when I find that person. I'm going to pro- like protect it with my life. I'm not. I, I think the reason why people do it is because they're in a very good position. I know at least the ones on my cast in their marriages that they can, where they're strong and in a really great place. I think no one knows how much people then comment on your marriage and do things based off tiny little conversations. I would respect anyone who would be like for their family or for their spouse, be like, I watched this back. That was a lot. I don't want to do it. It's brutal. And I just think a, if I had kids, I don't think I would do this because I it's too much time. It's exhausting. Right. It's taxing. It's a lot of work. I don't know. I'm exhausted and these women are doing it. They have children. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And play dates and yeah. school. I'm like, how are you doing glam and doing this? And 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 then we do something. And you're like, let's go out to dinner. I'm like, don't you need to go home? Like, I'm exhausted. I go yeah. to bed at like eight o'clock. I'm like a grandma. But when you my, have kids, you'll go to bed at 530. Yeah, <laughs> like, so tired. yeah. Like the ones that I used to watch, the OG New York and the OG Beverly Hills and the Orange County. And it's just, it's not a judgment, it's just an observation. Yeah. Like you look at all those people that started that show in marriages and then how many of them ended or are still doing the show and the marriage is broken. There's very yeah. few that have actually lasted. People would say at the beginning of this, wait, I don't get it. So you're married? How can you be on the show if you're not married? And I would always tell them, you know, the last season, the OGs, their last season, the last three years of their season, two or three They've years, been divorced. no one, there was yeah. not one married person on it. They were all either divorced or singled or widowed or or single. Yeah. So it's not historically like they've kept the name, I think, because it's just the name of the brand Franchise. name for 18. I think you years. can be a housewife, though, and like be single. Yeah. I say I'm a housewife in training. Yeah. I also very much plan to like be a traditional housewife. Like my grandmother raised me to be that way. Like 
I get in fights with people about this. People say, no, but you worked your whole life and you're, it is in me to work. But I very much just want to be like a, a mother. I'm going to be a doting mother and a very doting wife. And I think, I think during third wave or whatever, third wave feminism or fourth wave, I think it was a huge con that we all like fought for rights. But then we ended up just doing two jobs and not getting paid anymore. Like now we have to work and we have to be a mom. Like mothers are the soul, like the lifeblood of like the world, like a mother being able to properly take care of her kids. I think that, I don't know. I think if you want to, if you want to go to work, because I have some friends that are like, oh my God, after two months, I'm ready. Just like get the nanny and I want to go work. But right now and how I've been for a decade is like, I just want to be a stay at home mom until at least if I'm able to financially and et cetera, it's a luxury and a privilege. But if I can have that, I'm a hundred percent doing it. I mean, I think that you should be able, I think what I hope feminism is, is being able to do whatever you want to do on your own choice. I think where, where, where it gets sticky is when when you're not doing what is supposed to be fitting neatly in the box. Yeah. I think you should be able to do, you could work your whole ass off, work so hard and then decide you want to be a doting mom and a wife. Yeah. Like, I think you should be able to be fluid with it. Yeah. I just think for me, it's like being a mother is going to be the most important thing to me. It's the thing I've always wanted. I'm going to have all these things, I'm sure, where I'm like trying to make up for the lack of what I had and stuff. So I'm going to do all of that. You're going to be a great mom. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're going to be a great mom. You're going to make me cry. Thank you, I hope. What are some wellness things that you do? Wellness. What do I do for wellness? Wellness, I do intermittent fasting. Okay. What time do you stop eating? What time do you start? I start eating like today. I haven't had anything but coffee. Okay. I'll have something at two. I have noticed. Okay. There's a couple of things. I've noticed when I only eat between two and eight and I kind of can eat them whatever I want. I'm fine. When I'm snacking in the morning or late at night, not doing intermittent fasting, and I struggle like in my thirties, my metabolism is shot. Like if I have, it takes me it takes me th- like three days to put on weight and then like three months to lose it. Like it's it's crazy. And I'm tall, but people don't know. I was 15 pounds heavier when I was filming than I was before filming or after filming. Because when they contacted me, I was in the south of France, like eating like, <laughs> like a shit. Like it was, I was just chugging rosé and like eating foie gras because it was like going to become <laughs> illegal. Literally, I'm just like stuffing it in my mouth. But I do that. I, I'm healthy all throughout the year so that I can just go balls to the wall, not care. And I don't care about working out. I don't care about calories or intermittent fasting. And I'm just boozing and drinking. So, but yeah, if I do intermittent fasting, it's fine. Also, if you increase your protein, I know it sounds really bad, but you don't have to, I, I believe you don't have to work out. I think that if you just walk, which I do. I'll like make sure I'm walking, not wearing heels while walking around the city. Walk as much as you can. Get in like 15 to 20,000 steps a day. That's a lot of steps. But in New York, it's not a lot I of know steps. it's not a lot of steps. You're so lucky. When For I go me, to LA, like- I immediately turn back into LA Bryn where like people are like, let's just go like, oh, we have to go to CVS. I'm like, can we drive? Like I drive, I do, I do not walk at all in, in Los 20, I wish that I could walk those steps. Walk, eat your body. My brother taught me this. Eat your body weight and protein. So whatever your body weight is, eat that much in grams, grams. And, grams yep. of protein. And then drink two liters of water a day. I don't have to work out. And all of a sudden I'll be like, I look ripped. How did I look ripped? And da, da, da. It's like, those are my secrets. Like chugging water, like it's no regard. Intermittent fasting and just eating a ton of protein. And then you, I have a sweet tooth. So I'll eat like 130 grams worth of protein. But then I do eat, like I'll go to daily provisions. I get the Cronut thing. Like you, do, if you just eat a ton of protein, I think that's kind of like a hack. Like it's your body the just- the best hack. Yeah, you feel like you don't want anything else if yeah. you're just eating a ton of protein. Yeah, yeah. You just consume and I have the little muscle milk shakes of 40 grams. So I like I'll drink one of those today. What about alcohol? What's your drink of choice? Oh my god, I love whiskey and bourbon. Here's the thing. Really? Yeah, I love whiskey and bourbon. I love it. Huh. Like, like straight or in a drink? I like I like whiskey straight. I like bourbon in like a old fashioned or something like that. 
My problem is though, I love alcohol and I'm a fun drunk. Like half the show people don't realize I'm like hammered in a lot of issues. And that I'm like, I'm like, I that was my proudest thing watching. And I was like, I come out, come off really sober. I was <laughs> so drunk. A because I get bored while filming. And then it's always like, this is free alcohol. Like, and I just drink and like, and I'm also kind of as I've gotten older, a lightweight where it takes me like two or three drinks. And I'm like, falls to the walls. I was hammered in a lot, a lot of scenes where like just pretty drunk. I had to be careful though, because A, my hangovers last two days. They're really ugly in my 30s hangovers, like really, really bad. That's the problem. I get really depressed too. I'm like, the next day I'm like, what did I do? I haven't worked out. Oh my God, I didn't do that. I'm just an idiot. And I look at like, I have like $400 worth of Ubers. And of course I like picked up the tab for dinner with people that are way richer than me. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, who am I trying to impress here? This is idiot. I'm an idiot. So I get really regretful and angry. But I love drinking though. I really do. And I'm a happy drunk. I just keep drinking more and I'm always like, you know, the people I don't like, I'm like, I fucking love you, man. I'm that person. I'm like, should we go to Vegas? Like, I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I'm picking up tabs. I'm making friends with everyone. I'm in the bathroom talking to the attendant being like, do you, you have to send? No, it's about first generation setting. You're like, I'm going to get your girls into Marymont. I know someone on the board. Like, I'm just making promises to people, giving my phone number to everyone. Like, I'm everywhere. And then I go home and eat mozzarella sticks. Like, Sounds like a fun time. Life hack. DoorDash in the Uber on your way home that way and then meet so the food's there. there. Oh, Don't never wait till you're home. Where I Where's the mozzarella sticks from? Mott sticks? Oh, like the Hollywood Diner. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty close to me on 15th or 16th and 6th. Hollywood Diner, good. they're open late. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My last and final question, I have to ask you this because I feel like you're the perfect person to ask. What perfume are you wearing? It oh my gosh. So Thank good. you. Portrait of a Lady. Frederick, I don't know how to say the name because I can't speak either. Frederick Malkal, Mal- Mal- how do you say it? Frederick Mal- it's, it's Portrait like, of a Lady. It, like it, it smells what I would think that you smell like after washing the show. Oh my God, it that's sm- so it cool. It smells really good. Olfactory is the number one, Olfactory is the number one set. More than for memory, it's more than sight, hearing, anything. For memory, like scent is the most strongest. Um, Portrait of a Lady. Portrait of a Lady. I love it. Yeah. I'm seeing so many good things for you in your future. Oh, thank you. You can come back anytime. That was such a fun, colorful conversation. (laughs) Where can everyone find you? What are you working on? Tell us about your collab. Do you want me to give you an address? I'm like, (laughs) the corner. Someone might want to text you. Give them your phone number. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Slide into my DMs. Um, No, I actually just uh, announced this week that I did a collab with CB2. It's really cute. It's really cute. And look, it's just like curating. I helped them pick some things and make it. It was just really meaningful to me that they saw the Brins giving episode. So they're like, and they saw the Domino magazine piece and they're like, we saw that half your apartment CB2. So, hey, stalker, what's up? And they're like, also, we love, like we, they did some, CB2 is just different in general, but they're like, we wanted to do something and work with you because of what you shared about Friendsgiving and like being, you know, not maybe always feeling like whether you didn't grow up in a fancy house or maybe you have Friendsgiving because there's no family to go to Thanksgiving, but they're like, we just want to celebrate all of that with you. So I was like, thank you, cool design brand. Like that's so nice to like it's one thing to have brands and partnerships reach out we'd like to do this and it's a contract but they reached out like because it's like sentimental like so it's it's really, really amazing you can go on cb2.com and i think i'm on the home page cute looking like a classy housewife yeah your it's house fun. is beautiful oh thank you yeah it's really beautiful it's small but and mighty <laughs> what's your instagram <laughs> brin underscore woodfield perfect wait why just if someone wants to follow you oh my god oh in the dm in the DMs. Okay, yeah. And she put out. they have out, to have a TED talk. And they have and to patent. be taller and than 5'10". Send me your patent. Yeah. Don't even patents. DM her if you don't have a patent. Yeah. Send your patent number in. <laughs> it can't be pending, bitches. It, if it's like talk. expired, that's yeah. trash. Bryn, yeah. thanks for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, Bryn. I love. Thank you. Last but not least, 
Have you tried the body sculptor? The Skinny Confidential body sculptor does not disappoint. If you're like me and you have some cellulite, I know I had a lot of cellulite after I had Zaza and you want something to break up the fascia and get in there while you're sculpting, tightening, and toning your body, this is the tool for you. I'm all about it if I'm feeling like I'm carrying some water weight and I just want to flush it out. I've been using my Lace Moon Body Sculptor in the sauna even. I'm all about it. <laughs> if you want to win one, we are giving one away. I don't think I've done a giveaway on this. All you have to do is tell us your favorite takeaway from this episode with Bryn on my latest post at Lauren Bostick, and one of you will win the most dreamy body sculptor on the planet. Hope you guys love this episode with Bryn and we'll see you next time.